Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode three of Courtside Convo from the beautiful campus of Michigan State in East Lansing. I'm your host, Bobby Zephyro, joined by co-hosts Carter Landis, Zach Serdinick, and Darren Badoon. Playoffs. Since the last time we talked, there was 10 teams, and now we are down to six. We'll start out this one with probably the most shocking result of all of the playoff series, Miami over the Bucks, four to one. Gave them the old gentleman's sweep. So let's start with reactions. Carter, what did you think about that series? Basically, last last episode, uh, we were talking about the Heat and Bucks. We were previewing the series, and I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, I just don't see the Bucks. I don't see the Bucks losing the series. I mean, the Heat are really good, and they've been playing really well. But I just, you know, I think the Bucks have a lot more talent. I think that you know Giannis is going to be a difference maker. But I was thinking it's like, oh, the Heat won't win. But I'm thinking to myself, why not? Because the as I think as Darren mentioned a few times, they have that very rough and tough attitude that very stick it to you don't care what you think and it's really come through and I mean Eric Spolstra is one of if not the best coach in the league I mean he's just been so consistently good with such good teams throughout his career and then this one is one of the scrappiest young teams that he's had I mean you know you have Jimmy Butler who's a bona fide star of course I was I you know I used to say oh Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in the league you know because he's incredibly exceptional at everything except shooting but I mean, there's just so many pieces with this Miami team that they have shoot. They, you know, they have they've shooters, they have experienced guys, they have young guys who contribute really well, uh, and then they just outplayed the Bucks. I mean, I've I've mentioned my qualms with the Bucks before, and you know, my problems with Mike Budenholzer and how he's, you know, if he doesn't make adjustments, he's going to lose. I just didn't think it would come this early, and I don't know what the future looks like there. I don't know, you know, I don't know what Giannis is thinking. I don't know what the front office is thinking with Mike Budenholzer. I don't know, you know, what do you add another player? Do you add another score or something? Because Middleton looked really good when he was out and he played really well. So I don't, I, you know, I think the future's hazy for Milwaukee right now at best. Um, Miami looks great. They're going to play Boston and that series is going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, I, I guess I've slept on Miami, even though I was a really big fan. No, I mean, I no, I would totally agree with that. It's like, for me, because, yeah, no, and I did make the thing where it's like, when I saw Miami play, I watched them. It's like, they, they give me, I obviously, they're, they're not that, they're different teams, but they just give me, like, a bad boys vibe, man. I don't know what it is, but they just, the way they like to play, the personalities they got on that team, and just, it, it's just such a, it's a mix that fits together so well, and, I mean, a lot of people have predicted it. Like, you know, like, you know, personalities like guys like Stephen A. Smith, everything went on ESPN and said, like, you know, it's like, even though it would go against natural, especially in a league like the NBA where one seeds, you know, up until the co- at least the conference finals rarely ever lose. It's just like a lot of people were like, man, I really think the Heat are going to win. And they did. And it's not even just that they won a seven game series or a six game series. They beat the bricks off of Milwaukee. I mean, it, it wasn't close. It, well, game two was close. Game two, you could argue the Bucks maybe should maybe should have won that game if not for Butler getting that last second foul call. But still, I mean, Miami, they it, it's it wasn't it basically wasn't close. They're like after after those two games, there was there was no doubt to me. There was no doubt, and I'm, I was just it was. I think it again. It speaks to. Milwaukee's Milwaukee obviously listen they're a great team but they obviously have a lot of problems still I mean Boonhoser in terms of you know not being able to make the adjustments he needs to make in a series like that and then obviously the supporting cast where Chris Milton really only came alive for one game which was game four to save the series but he didn't you know that's again it's like it's like is anyone else going to step up next to Giannis and really be that other guy that you have to account for um, it's not that you don't have good players, but is is there going to be another alpha male like like that, like say a Paul George with the Clippers or an Anthony Davis with the you know with the uh, Lakers and stuff like that? Um, and Miami, it's just going forward now. I mean, you know, we can get. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll get into this later in the chat, but I honestly think that you know, and, and I will probably. Well, I know we're going to talk about the Raptors and Boston series, 
I mean, they look to me like a team I I would not be I, – I do not want to pick against them. Like, I, they just look like a team that is, like, on a mission right now. And after beating the Bucks the way they did, it that was probably – it was as impressive of a performance as I've seen in the NBA in, the, in quite a long time. I definitely agree. It was – they beat them so badly that I keep having to remind myself that Milwaukee actually won a game in that series. Like I keep thinking in my mind that Miami swept them because they just pounded them every time. And even, I think it was, it might've been game two or game three. One of the games, Milwaukee had a huge lead and they were up big. Like they were leading the entire game and it looked like Milwaukee was going to finally get back in the series. And then next thing you know, Miami outscores them 40 to 13 in the fourth quarter. 40 to 13. That's insane. The difference in that. Imagine if that was the first quarter, what everybody would be talking about. If you have four, if you're down 40 to 13 at the end of the first quarter, it's, it's just unheard of the way that that game turned on its head. And I think you guys already touched on it, but they need more. They don't have enough there. Just Giannis is not enough for their, to be a full cohesive unit there. And they just don't have that. I mean, they had the best player on the floor overall, not in that series. Jimmy Butler was better in that series. But in terms of they had the most talented player on the floor in Giannis. But yet they, when faced against Miami, who was that strong cohesive unit of a lot of good players, they didn't stand a chance. Yeah, going off that cohesive unit, I mean, granted, obviously Butler is, you know, the best player on that team, but Butler's a guy who just, he doesn't really care if he gets his numbers, he cares about the win, he cares about, you know, surviving and advancing, which is what I think makes this team so dangerous, is that guys aren't looking to get their numbers, they're looking to win. Like, Jimmy Butler only shot six times in game five, he was four for six, and in the series, he was shooting, I had it right here in the series he shot 53.2 percent from the field and 45 percent from three granted it was five for 11 but they don't need Jimmy Butler shooting all those threes they have other guys who can do that as well and Giannis in that series I mean when he was out there obviously you know he's Giannis doing Giannis things but 29.7 minutes per game in the series could you imagine if Frank Vogel decided to play LeBron 29.7 29.7 minutes per game in a series there'd be outrage I don't know how people aren't talking about that more because how do you you know probably going to be a back-to-back MVP and you don't play him 30 minutes a game that's just dumb yeah and like Carter alluded to Eric Spolstra just coached circles around um, Mike Budenholzer and another interesting thing now I guess the question is Giannis, is he going to stay? I don't, personally, I don't think he's going to stay. I don't think Milwaukee's the place where he can win. Um, And there's been a lot of talk about where he's going to go. I guess we could throw in quick predictions for that. Um, We'll start with Zach and then go down the line. Zach, where do you think he's going to go? Or do you think he's going to stay? I'm not sure where I think he's going to go. But I do have something about the MVP statement. I think... And I don't, I'm curious to see what you guys think on this, but everybody, there's been a lot of talk about Giannis shouldn't be the MVP, Giannis, because of his, but one, all of this was voted on before the playoffs anyways. And two, it's a regular season award. There's a reason that there's a finals MVP. The finals MVP is for postseason performance and in the finals. There's Giannis should be the MVP in my opinion this season. And even though he did not perform well in the playoffs and then he got hurt. But in terms of where I think he's going to go, we talked about it a little bit earlier, I think, but Giannis to golden state could be interesting. Everybody's been joking about it for a long time, but looking at it, they actually might have a chance for a decent package. You can golden state can package the number two overall pick this year, the, Minnesota first round pick for next year with Andrew Wiggins and Eric Paschal. And that's something that 
if Giannis makes it clear that he does not want to be in Milwaukee next year, which I'll, I guess I'll preface my statement with, the only way I think he leaves is if he makes it abundantly clear that he will not be staying after next year, that he's leaving in free agency. If he says he's leaving in free agency, I think they'll trade him. And I think that that package from Golden State might be enough to entice Milwaukee. Darren, you want to go your thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. No, I was – well, okay, so I was going to have the first couple things. So, in regards to – so, going back to, like, the thing about Giannis's minutes per game, that's – I was going to say in terms of – that was the biggest thing about Budenholzer where you have to be able to make adjustments. Like, I look at, like, Kawhi Leonard and how obviously, yes, there is the load management thing. He goes through the regular season, everything like that. But guess what? Now in the playoffs, he's playing – 35, 36 minutes on average. He's out there late in games, closing out games. Like, that's what – and that's why. It's like you take the – obviously, you lay the load during the regular season. When the playoffs come, it's like, okay, you're in it. You're playing 40 minutes. This is like – this is what we're – this is what we – this is what we wanted you to come here to do to lead us to a championship. You can't – unless you're just blowing people out in every game in the playoffs, which you normally aren't, you can't play your best player only 30 minutes. You, he needs to be out on the floor. Like, he's can't – and if Yas, and I know some, some people say, well, Yas might have been tired. He might have been doing this and that. Well, you know what? Then, then that's something that he may need to work on. That's honestly – I mean, again, like, we talk about, like, we talk about guys like Chris Paul and LeBron James putting, you know, a million dollars a year in the offseason into preparing their bodies for the load they're going to have to take on. It's like, I mean – that's like Giannis has to be prepared as 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 a as a back to back potential back to back MVP. He has to be that guy that can go out there and be on the floor if he needs to for the whole game. LeBron has done that. Guys like that, stars like that, have done that when they've needed to in order for their team to win. So I don't know. I think it's it's Giannis. It's I think it's both of them in terms of needing to really look at how what like his like in terms of the mindset that Giannis needs and then also in terms of the mindset that Boonholzer needs in terms of adjusting um in terms of where Giannis could go I mean he talked about after the game how you know how he wants to stay in Milwaukee and how he's like I think the quote was how like some some guys when they run to a wall they they try and like you know run away from it or go around it you know instead he said he's gonna you know instead he wants to like plow through it so he he did he, he made it sound like that he wants to win in Milwaukee that's what he made it sound like they could do. And obviously Milwaukee, considering, you know, like, you know, they can pay him the Supermax. So Milwaukee can pay him more money still than any other team, which, I mean, it, it matters. Money matters in, in sports, obviously. So you can't discount that. Golden State, I mean, is it a possibility? Yeah, I would preferably not want that just because I don't like I like the league we're in right now I like having a lot of teams with two stars all right I like the competitiveness I like the fact that yeah there's some favorites but we don't know for a fact who's gonna win so I like there to be some you know actual debate among that instead of just saying like oh yeah yeah this season's done already we know who's gonna win all right whatever regular season doesn't matter yes no I like that um they talked about – I saw a report coming out from Yahoo said, that said that both the Raptors and the Heat were two teams that were floated around as being potential Giannis destinations um, if you were to leave Milwaukee. And it's certainly interesting. And I think – I mean, listen, you – you know, I mean, for Miami, I mean, Giannis, he just got to see how they operate, you know, in person. So it, that's probably as good, of a, as good of a pitch as they could give to him, be like, well, we just kind of – Kick your butt pretty good. So why don't you just come on over here so that doesn't have to happen again. Um, but, yeah, but, um, yeah, but that's like – I feel like that's probably with that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think probably good. All right, I'll, I'll, all right, so a couple things. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief because we should move on. Um, uh, in re in regards to the MVP conversation, if there's any doubt that Giannis should be MVP, there should be none because yes, it is a regular season award, and you know the PER numbers that Giannis was putting up this season were like the best like ever by a country mile. Uh, you know, just what 30, 30, 14 and six. Yes, he should be MVP. There's no doubt about that because of the fact that it is a regular season award. Uh, did he struggle in this postseason uh, outside of numbers wise? Yes. Um, 
Richard Jefferson mentioned, uh, I think, on ESPN a few weeks ago that Giannis might be a Pippin and he needs his Jordan. And I know that was kind of unpopular, but because uh, obviously, you know, you have a, you don't want to compare a guy to like, you know, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan situation, because anytime you do, somebody's going to be like, oh, don't do that or whatnot. But um, I agree to the most part, you know, like, I think if Giannis not being the guy, but being a guy on a good team is a perfect situation because I mean, I don't know how much longer you can have him as the guy and not win because it's going to tarnish, you know, his legacy. So go to, you know, go to like a golden state or go to like Dallas where you're the number two, but you're not, you know, taking a back seat necessarily because Giannis is still an insanely incredible player. Like he and like James Harden and Luka Doncic had like the top three PERs like ever just this season alone. I mean, if he goes to Dallas, with Luca, that's that's they're no doubt the West favorite and the NBA favorite. But I mean, the whole thing is Giannis maybe not being an alpha, but being a great player on a second team would be perfect for him. And that's kind of like it's similar to like the Anthony Davis situation where he has a good team in New Orleans and he's the best player on that team, but they're just not not that he's not good enough to get them over the hump, but he's not in a position to do that. But him being the second, you know, kind of guy while still being Oh, you know, he's still, I think he was like their leading scorer this year in, in LA, which Giannis could still be in Dallas, but he obviously wasn't that like number one guy per se. So if Giannis is not the number one in Milwaukee, but he could be the number, the really good, probably best number two somewhere else, then that could be an ideal situation for him, I think. Yeah, and then one last quick note before we move on. It could be similar to how LeBron had to leave Cleveland to you know, I don't want to say learn how to win, but, you know, yeah. just to get that experience with other guys who have won before and, you know, kind of take the load off, even if he is, you know, the number two, you know, it puts a lot less pressure on him to go out there and perform every game. So we will move on to the next series, Lakers and Rockets. Lakers won three straight after losing game one. And like we suspected, what should have happened throughout the series and that game four, the Rockets were out-rebounded 52-26. to 26. They doubled up their rebounds. Um, so we'll start with Darren. What do you think about Lakers-Rockets so far? Well, I mean, it looked like that the Rockets, obviously that was a really it – was, it was a good first-round series they had against OKC, with especially the game seven was down to the wire where, you know, either team could have done it. And in game one, I mean, it, it seemed like the Rockets' small ball really – I mean, it really made the Lakers struggle. Or it, it was something that the Lakers, like, had a hard time dealing with. And, you know, it looked like maybe, like – I, I mean, it had a similar vibe to game one of the Portland series for the Lakers because, you know, you, they, get, they got punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth. And, you know, they, they had a mat, you know, the matchups, certain matchups maybe weren't initially in their favor. But, they you know, like with the Portland series, they've, again, this is the reason, there is a reason why they were the number one seed in the West this year. And, that, and it's, again, it's like when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and when you have enough talent around them, that's, the result is, is that they're probably going to get their act together. And I'll tell you what, I know playoff Rondo is, I know some people maybe think of it as a bit of a meme at this point, but like it can't be discounted how good he's been in these last three games. I mean, he has been able to come out and he's, he's made shots from the outside. He's been able to act as a really good backup playmaker. I mean, he's, he's, he's really made a big difference coming off the bench for the Lakers right now and really giving them another playmaker to be able to go in and play, you know, with LeBron, without LeBron, and, st and, and, and help keep that second unit flowing. Because, I mean, with him on the floor, the Lakers have dominated. With him and, I think, LeBron and uh, whether I think AD or Alex Caruso, whatever the lineup was, I mean, e either way, he's been able to come in and he's really changed the tone of this whole series. And it's like for Houston – you know, there was a quote for, I think, a report from ESPN after the game four. They, he, he asked James Harden, I think the question was why, because the, the biggest, the biggest uh, criticism they had for the game was, how, was about how their effort was just seemingly not there for, like, what was, you know, basically a must-win game for them. And he comes out and he says, like, why do you guys seem to come out just so flat? And James Harden's like, that's a good question. He didn't say anything else. And it's like, I mean, I'm, you know, it, it – I know it's like I guess for a lot of people it's like well it's for them it's like the Rockets like oh of course the Rockets small ball was never going to succeed 
Like, this is never going to work or whatever. But I don't know. It's not – I mean, the Rockets I still think are a good team. But, again, I just think this is what the Lakers, for a team like they are, this is what they should be doing. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the Clippers, they weren't able to uh, to finish off their series. They, I mean, they won't finish their series off in a similar fashion as the Lakers could do tonight. But, no, I just – I think this is to be expected. And, um, you know, Houston, you know, Houston, you know, they put up a, you know, they put up a good fight initially in game one. But um, – it just their Lakers are better. They, they they just are. They're just better. And again, LeBron and I mean Harden and Westbrook are a great duo. But it, LeBron and AD, it's like again, that's just they they just that they're just you know they're just that much better at the end of the day. At least in this, yeah, game. another level of duo right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so what I said before this series began. Uh, was that, you know, every big is going to dominate the Lakers or dominate the Rockets small ball until it's time to play. And here's the thing is Anthony Davis and the Lakers came out and said they are ready to play. And they did. Uh, they look they look really good. Uh, the last game was just, I mean, I don't know if it was the last game or the game before that. I think it was the game that the Rockets, the Lakers went up two to one. Uh, Rondo was hitting like spot up threes. And then I saw Caruso hit another three. Like, Rondo was creating threes off the dribble, and I was like, okay, these guys, it's time to go home because you just don't have it. And my problem is I have two conflicting thoughts here. James Harden is one of the best offensive players of our generation, and another thought that James Harden is a notoriously bad playoff slash elimination game performer. So in tonight's game is I just am dreading because I – as I am a pretty big James Harden fan, but I just don't expect it to go well. Um, I don't think he's going to post a good thing, but my problem, my frustration with James Harden this series is that he's been, I think, too passive. You only shoot 11 shots last game and like Russell Westbrook shooting. I, I don't even know. He, I, I know he definitely shot more times. You don't want the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands. I know that, you know, he's had a great career, but if you had never watched Russell Westbrook before and you just start watching him in this playoff series, you're thinking, you know, why is this guy taking so many shots? Who, who is this? Like, why should he be taking shots? And I, and I cringe every time that he's got the ball in his hands in clutch time because it should be in James Harden's hands, despite obvi- James Harden's obvious, you know, elimination game struggles. But, he's still the guy I want with the ball in his hands. And I don't know why he's been passing the ball so much when I'm not sure who on the Lakers has guarded him well, other than if LeBron was on him. So, I mean, LeBron, when he lost game one, that's what he does. He always, you know, his teams always feel out the other teams and they see like what matchups work and what don't. So, you know, and then he's meticulously in the lab the next day, figuring out how to eviscerate these teams. And that's what he's done these last three games. And I expect them, I expect the Rockets to come out with no energy tonight, and I expect the Lakers to come out and win it pretty effortlessly. Uh, it's just been kind of frustrating with uh, how I thought the Rockets could do this. I had said, you know, every it could work perfectly or it could be a complete disaster, and it has been the latter for this series. I was going to say real quick, just like going off the car, what you said about Anthony Davis saying he's ready to play. I will say, like, I know people can get on Davis about maybe him maybe shooting too many threes. In terms of what he needed to do this series, I think game two and game three combined, he shot and made one three-pointer. Like, Mm -hmm. in a series like this where the matchups are what they are, he is saying, like, okay, I'm Anthony Davis. You have – your center, your starting center is 6'7". I'm going to literally dominate you. And that's that's what he's done. And I feel like that's – just on, a, just on that one area, that's a great adjustment for him to just say, like, all right, listen, I'm a big man. I'm taking this down the paint where you can't stop me. So I just think yeah. that's a big difference because they can't – most teams, when he, when Davis is like that and he's really that aggressive, you can't handle it. doesn't matter who's on it. You can't handle it. No, yeah. He always was so reluctant to play center in the past, but he said, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to play center. That's, that's how you win a championship is you sacrifice, you know, your own, what, what you want to do and, you know, you do what's best for the team. And now they look like they're ready to take on the Clippers who they could possibly end up meeting in the Western conference finals. So. And usually the, the best lineups that his, that have, that his teams have had are usually with him at center. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's the thing too. They, the best, they're usually, the, whether it was with the Pelicans or the Lakers, 
the net rating always is at best when he's at the five. So it's he doesn't have to play it all, all the time, but I hope he realizes that the team's at, 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 at – when you're at your best, you're usually at that spot. So. All right. Uh, Zach, go ahead. Did you go on the series yet? I did not. This series okay. has been kind of as expected. Um, the Rockets looked pretty good in game one, but – I mean, so did the Trailblazers, and then they got ran out of the building in the rest of the series, and the Rockets kind of have too. Um, I've never been a big Rockets guy. Never was really that impressed with the Rockets, and uh, I think that this – I just don't think they have enough, as you guys – you guys have kind of hit it on the head already, but I just – I don't think they have enough, and I don't think that that – I mean, getting out-rebounded by – getting doubled in rebounding in their last game. I mean, you just, it's not sustainable. And it's something that the Lakers have exploited all series long. And I think they're going to continue to exploit that. And if they don't win in game five, they'll take care of it in six comfortably. Yeah. I think Lakers are going to win tonight as well. Just a few notes though, like uh, Darren touched on. Yeah. Rondo for this series in four games shooting, 54% from the field, got 12 and a half points, getting about seven and a half assists and 2.3 steals a game. I mean, he granted, you know, you don't think of when you think of Rajan Rondo, especially now, you don't really think of him being that big of a difference maker, but the way he can defend the Lakers without Avery Bradley who opted out. I mean, they don't really have that primary guard defender and Rajan Rondo is that guy for them. And he really, really shuts down opposing guards. And another thing, Taylor Horton Tucker, the fact that he is 19 years old makes me feel about 12. That is a grown man at 19 years old. But yeah, I think the Rockets go home tonight, Lakers in five, and that's that. <laughs> so on to the next one, um, Clippers go up. 3-1 on the Nuggets until they lose game five, 111-105. Um, what's at stake here for the Clippers? I guess I didn't realize they've never been to the Western Conference Finals ever. So that first trip for them is on the line, a chance for them to make franchise history here. Um, we'll start with – we'll go reverse order. So, Zach, what do you think about this uh, Clippers-Nuggets series? How do you think it will turn out? Um, I, I absolutely – have loved watching this series. It's been really, really fun to watch. Um, I think that the Nuggets, I mentioned it on the last podcast that I thought it might happen. And I think the Nuggets have been a completely different team since Gary Harris came back. Um, defensively, they've been a lot better. And Harris has not done much at all offensively. He had that one stretch where he caught fire in one of the games. I think it was game two in this series where he caught fire down the stretch and hit a bunch of threes late, but they've been really strong overall and have played well, but the Clippers are just Kawhi down the stretch has been insane over and over again. I mean, I think back to that, the closeout game against the Mavericks where he hit every single mid range shot down the stretch. It didn't matter what they did. And it's been similar in this series. He just, when the fourth quarter comes, and I remember it watching last year's NBA Finals, it's just down the stretch in a big game, Kawhi Leonard has taken over and knocked in shots again and again and again. And that's what, that's what we've been seeing every time out. And I'm really interested to see if that happens again in game six. But in terms of how I think this is going to turn out, I'd love to see the Nuggets win this series, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Clippers will win in – Six, most likely, maybe seven, but I'm going to take Clippers and six. Uh, yeah, we'll no, go. I'll oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no. Yeah, that's like because yeah, definitely. Zach, I'll agree with you because the Nuggets. I feel I actually genuinely feel now that the Nuggets really are were the third best team in the West and. I mean, they showed a lot of – they showed a ton of toughness being able to come back 3-1 against the Jazz. And obviously it's a tremendous accomplishment for them, but the thing about it is the Jazz aren't the Clippers. 
you can't like when you're looking like you're looking at especially how Jamal Murray has performed this series. I mean, he he played he balled out against Utah, but you Utah Utah's got good players. You got good defenders on that team, but you don't have Kawhi. But they don't have Kawhi Leonard to throw at you. They don't have Paul George. They don't have Pat Beverly. They don't have Montrezl Harrell. Like they, the Clippers are just a different. They're just different. They're a different. They're a different animal. They have to attack. I mean, they played well, really well in Game Two when they won. But other than that, they got blown out in Game One. Game Three, it felt like was probably both of the teams playing at their most focused. And like, but when they were, it was it was really close for a bit. But the Nuggets just couldn't. At the end of the day, I feel like that was the barometer. And the Nuggets, they just at the end of the day, they couldn't match them. They couldn't match them. And then Game Four, they just. I mean, you know, they 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 just never got started. I mean, the Cl- I mean, Kawhi had had a thirty points, and they just and the Clippers defensively just put the clamps down. I think Game Five was. I feel like it's more of a byproduct. Not that the Cl- not again, not that the Nuggets aren't good or that they can't win another game in the series. But to me, and this is a problem I have with the Clippers. I feel like they obviously they're good. I feel like though with a game like Game Five, I feel like it's kind of like they know they're good too much and it's like they're kind of just some, sometimes they maybe go out there and think like all right we're you know we're hot stuff we're we, we're going you know whatever we don't gotta worry about this but you know and, the, and then they lose and they lose focus I think that was a problem in the series in the first round series against the Mavericks um and I think that was a problem in game five where you know you come out you're not disciplined on defense and you know you're not you know you're just you're kind of coasting thinking like thinking like oh well you know we're the Clippers we're you know we, we don't gotta worry about this forever. but you know, that's just – it's – they're probably going to win this game, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come out focused and they'll probably, you know, in all likelihood they'll probably win. But um, I just think it's a problem because, obviously, you can't think that way against the Lakers. I wonder if they're just thinking that it's like – thinking like, well, we're just like, all right, we're going it's, – it's the Lakers. All they're thinking about is the Lakers. And it's like, I mean, that's just not a good mindset to have. And I also think it's a byproduct of them not being able to get fully acclimated during the regular season with each other because of everything about – load management with Kawhi and Paul George's in- injuries and everyone else's and all that stuff. And it's like, well, when you think about it, this team hasn't had the most game action really to g- gel that well. It's not that, not that they aren't playing well together when they are good, but you know, they, they, they didn't have, you know, they weren't able to have that full lineup that they had during the regular season very often. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, that level of, you know, how their mindset is in terms of coming out and being able to stay disciplined against the Lakers, because if they aren't against the Lakers, LeBron, LeBron has been there too many times to not be able to take advantage of that. Like he, he, like he will not, like if you give him an opening, he will not miss it. So I just think it's something where they need to, you know, they, they just need to make sure it's like, all right, let's not get lazy just because we're really talented. We just, Hey, you were some, you should have put that team away in game five. You did it. You got you got to come out tonight and do it, or you got to make it, or you got or you got to let them get to seven games, and then you got, and then it's like, oh well, well, now it's a seven game series. So, you know, I look for the Clippers to probably win this next game. They should win this next game, but then again, they should have won Game Five. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, and Game Five was really interesting. I mean, that second half where the Nuggets couldn't miss a three was was really something and 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 the the comment from Michael Porter Jr. where he said after game four when they lost you know he said you know Jokic and Murray are the top two guys but uh, I think we need to get more players involved if we want to win the game and he ended up being right because they were up by two with about a minute to go and then he cashed that really clutch three I mean like Michael Porter Jr. yeah Michael Porter Jr. is uh is a man of, of confidence, whether it's uh, a little misplaced in things outside of basketball uh, or whether it is basketball, but um, he's a really, you know, he's a really talented guy. And I don't disagree with the fact that he and others need to be more involved if the Nuggets want to win the game or, and uh, eventually possibly win the series. But um, the problem with the, the Clippers last game was the fact that down the stretch, they were, I felt that if when they got down, if they kept closing the gap, it's because Kawhi had the ball in his hands, and you always need the the ball in your best player's hands. And there were there were points where I thought Doc Rivers was like like drawing up plays for like Paul George, and he wouldn't make any shots, or Marcus Morris was taking shots. I think there was that one like Lou Williams was taking a three when they were down two, and you don't need you needed me to take that shot, but 
I mean, you know, anytime the ball wasn't in Kawhi's hands, it didn't end up in, you know, a scoring possession. And whenever it was in his hands, they did score and they would close the gap or they would tie the game or give themselves a lead temporarily. But that's just the whole thing. I mean, it's just the whole philosophy of the battle. The ball needs to be in your best player's hands. And Kawhi Leonard is the best player and he makes plays happen. He hits clutch shots. He can even make some plays. Like there were some good passes that he had to Zubac and, and, and others, of course. But I mean, and, and like Darren said, they get, they get lackadaisical and they just, they just get sloppy out there. And if that's going to happen, you know, you can't, that can't happen if you're going to play LeBron James because he's going to take advantage of that better than, you know, the Mavericks could have better than the Nuggets could. And it's going to cost you if you, if you don't take it seriously enough. So, I mean, yeah. And I, and I do think that the Clippers are going to win the next game because I think that they will tighten that up, but they need to, their window for error is going to be a lot smaller if they play the Lakers in the conference finals, which I think they will, but um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I have on this doc here. I'm just convinced more and more every game that Kawhi is a robot. I mean, that dude is just a certified killer. Had a great game last game, even though they didn't really win, which was weird because normally in those spots in the fourth quarter, the Clippers are outscored 38-25. But, you know, we've seen throughout these playoffs kind of like, you know, that's normally the point where they turn it on and, you know, say, you know, we're the best team in the league and we're going to show you. But, yeah, that fourth quarter was weird. I mean, Jokic had a few, like, just wide open threes. And I'm like, how do you let that happen? Because, I mean, Jamal Murray, too, this series, they've kind of held him in check compared to last round because he's only averaging about 19.4 points per game. But, yeah, those fourth, that fourth quarter collapse was very pretty irregular for the Clippers in this playoff. So I do think the Clippers will take it tonight. I think they're done fooling around with the Nuggets. Like Darren said, it's like, all right, we're thinking about the Lakers now, so we just got to blow, blow your butts out the water. So. I like I like Clippers in six for that one. And then on to the last series. That Boston Raptors series might be one of the best playoff series I've seen in my lifetime that I've watched like every game. I mean, they go down 0-2. I have a little note right here because I made this before game seven. You know, who said dinosaurs were extinct? Because, you know, falling 0-2, they come back 2-2. Boston takes a throwing game seven. And this is the first time in NBA history where a one or two seed hasn't made the Eastern Conference Finals as well. So Boston, Miami, that's going to be a good series. But let's just revisit Boston and Toronto real quick. Uh, Carter, what do you think about this series? Oh, I'm disappointed, man. I really like the Raptors. I think that <laughs> there was the team I was rooting for in the bubble. I, I love the way that they were built. I love that, you know, I love that they didn't really have one guy, but they had a bunch of guys who could beat you. But then it came to the point where none of those guys ended up, you know, being able to beat the Celtics. And they, they, Toronto sold me a dream, man. I mean, Siakam did too. They had me all fooled and everything. I was such a believer in these guys. Uh, they, yesterday they looked just not good for most of that game. You know, they, they got down by a lot to start the game. They kind of came back a little bit. And, and gave him a little bit of work. But my problem with that is, I mean, game six was awesome. That was so fun. That was the like the double overtime game. You know, Kyle Lowry was making winning plays, as I think he usually does, but he he, he struggled in the last game, which was unfortunate. Um, I really didn't like that. I, I There were some decisions that Nick Nurse made that I questioned. Like, I mean, Marcus Gasol was like a minus 20 in the game or something. So he, you know, he only played 19 minutes. Uh, Fred Van Vliet on that last possession, just like, I think they were down three or two or something. It wasn't that much, but there was like a minute left or 30 seconds or whatnot. And he was just dribbling around and like wasting time. And then he chucked up a bad shot and just missed it. And I'm like, I mean, the guy, your, your best shooter is probably Norman Powell. And he needs to be playing a lot more and he needs more shots. And, and at this point, you know, that was one of my concerns with the Raptors uh, is that they didn't have any shot creators. And I don't think, you know, I don't think Fred Van Vliet will be back because I don't think you'd want to pay him a big contract, but um, I don't know. I mean, but to Boston's, to, to Boston's point is they played an incredible series. I mean, Jason Tatum is here. He is a star. 
I mean, Kendall struggled the last few games, but overall, you know, he's been a huge contributor to why they've been back. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown has been great. Daniel Tice has been a lockdown player, but Marcus Smart, man, they, he's been the difference maker in this series. I mean, he's become a much more consistent shooter, although it wasn't great for him yesterday, but he's just, and he's an incredible defender. I mean, that last second block he made yesterday, you got to give him his flowers. The guy was incredible. I mean, you know, he's really turned it around from recent years. So, I mean, Boston and Miami is going to be fun. I feel like Boston is on a hair. And I was on another pod a few months ago talking before the season started, talking about how Boston was a sleeper to win the East. And it's looking pretty possible right now. They just have all the pieces to do it. Yeah, no, I yeah, I definitely would agree. I mean, Boston looked great in this year. I, I really thought after game six, and I know the Raptors didn't have a – obviously they didn't have – you know, they didn't play the best, their best in game seven. But, God, I, I think either one of these teams, I think, could have – based on the effort they showed, they could have – each one could have deserved to win that series. I mean, it was just that game six was fantastic. I mean, Kyle Lowry, it, it's – I, I people say about him a lot, I know, but it's like, Kyle, he, he, this guy, you can't, you have to give this guy credit. This guy has been the heart and soul of this franchise for God near a decade at this point. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just, it was incredible to watch that. Yeah, card. Did you want to, yeah, you, you know, I was just going to say, even in that game, uh, game six of last year's finals, when he had 26, seven and 10 to close it out, he was even clutching that series with Kawhi. Yeah, no, no, and it's just it's again it's it's like people so because I mean he's been so he's been so consistent now for so long and you know I mean he had he had a really good year this year you know coming back having to leak quiet it's like I remember I, I made I remember I made the point early in the series of where talking about like all right like when it came to like you know Pascal Siakam saying like well is he gonna be the guy is he a guy that's gonna be able to lead team and it's not that I'm not gonna say he can't do it ever. Obviously, he obviously he's still very young. He still has a lot of time to grow into that role. But we saw in this series when it came down to it, the guy that needed to make the play. And again, it was it just speaks to my point. It was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry had to be that guy, and he was, and he was that guy when it mattered in Game Six, especially. Um, and but Seattle, like you look at overall. I mean, like that's the one thing when it comes to Siakam. I mean, you, you look at how like those wings, Siakam versus Tatum. It's like Jason Tatum. You know he's the guy. He was the guy all series for the for the for the Celtics, and you know especially with Mar- Marcus Smart. I feel like is he is just able to, you know, he's not always the most consistent shooter, and obviously, so, you know, obviously he's had you know some people may say that you know he can be a bit of a flopper occasion occasionally. <laughs> you know he's had a few of those, but he is he is like the perfect definition of a glue guy that can come in and just is able to do whatever is needed to win a game you need him to make a shot he'll make a shot you need him to make a a game saving block on defense you do that you need him to lock down you need him to lock down your your the other team's best perimeter player best guard like he he's able to do so many things and it's like you know you know it's like like looking at like what Patrick Beverly is for the Clippers looking like what um uh, trying to trying to think of a, of a different comparison. Looking like what? I mean, I kind of kind of looking like what I would say Jimmy Butler is for the Heat, just not maybe not quite as good as Jimmy Butler. But in terms of what he like his what his what he means, what like the you know what he means to the Celt- what the Celtics in terms of everything that he can do, and you know it's just I mean obviously great. Listen, great for Boston. I mean they they look like a team that could definitely make a Finals run. Um, person, I I might not pick them maybe but I mean it's going to be it's going to be a really good series versus the Heat definitely and you know I just I mean the Raptors I'll just, I'll just say this close it off you know they talk about never underestimate a team with the heart of the champion I really do feel like they did have the heart of a champion but I think it just speaks to Boston that at the end of the day Boston was just better they were just better and that was I think that I think it speaks a lot because I really do think Toronto was good but Boston was just better I agree. I'll start by saying game six of that series was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. That was so much fun to watch down the stretch. There were like four different times I was watching it with my dad and I just looked at him and I was like, all right, this is over. And then next thing you know, bucket, bucket, everything going down for both teams. Like nobody could miss when they were trailing late in that game. And it was just so much fun to watch those teams go back and forth. I at least Two times a piece, I thought for sure Boston had won the game, and I thought for sure Toronto had won it. And I'm just like, 
everything's going in. I mean, it was so much fun to watch that game at the end of it. And I think that the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be a lot of fun. Everybody's been talking for months and months and months about the Clippers and Lakers potentially. But if that is the finals, those final four teams, Boston, Miami, and the two LA teams, I can't remember the last time that they are going to be that intriguing in both conferences. Because we've had a lot of recently with the Warriors where like everybody knew they were going to win or expected them to win. Like last year's Western Conference Finals wasn't even a series. I mean, Golden State swept Portland, right? Either four or five games. I think it was four. Yeah. And it was both of these series is either team could win. And it could be a lot of fun to see how that goes. And I am really excited to watch it. Um, I think that Boston, Jason Tatum looks like the best player, looked like the best player on the floor clearly throughout that series. And I think that him and Jimmy Butler going at it is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I remember after game three, I literally went, I was watching the game with my roommate. I literally went to the closet, brought out the broom and started sweeping the floor. And then I turn, I turn around and all of a sudden everyone's mobbing OG Ananobi. And I'm like, wait, what happened? So to your point, Zach, yeah, the series was just awesome. Just going back and forth. And in that game seven too, another note, um, Jason Tatum at 22 years old, 192 days with the youngest player since Kobe, who was 21 years old and 286 days, uh, to have 20 points and 10 rebounds in the game seven win. Um, I know Tatum used to train with Kobe, so I know that's, that's probably pretty big for him. And I don't know if you could see it back here, but I got this poster two years ago. I got this Kobe poster and he got the wings on him and, Looking at that today, writing this up, I was not going to lie, I was getting a little emotional. I'm like, man, I've said the Mamba mentality has definitely been installed in Jason Tatum, and I can't wait to watch the series between Boston and Miami, but I'm going to make my prediction now. I'm just going to say I like Miami in six because, like Darren alluded to earlier, that gritty mentality, that way – they don't care about the numbers. They just want to win. I, I love watching teams like that. And I think that they'll be the one to reach the finals from the East. So our last note of the show, which has been a fantastic show today, guys. It's been really good. Um, Western Conference Finals predictions. Obviously, we've got Clippers up 3-2 on the Nuggets. We have the Lakers up 3-1 on the Rockets. Um, so who do you guys think is going to make the Western Conference? And then what do you guys think will happen once that series gets started? We'll start with Darren. What you got? All right. Well, I'm definitely thinking it is going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. That is the two teams that should that it should be based on where the playoffs are. And that is the two teams that everyone has been calling for all year. It's all anyone wants. They won the Battle of LA. Of LA. You know what? It, it looks like we're going to get it. I... It's really hard because my my mind and my gut are just are thinking two ways on this. Obviously, my mind says the Clippers are a deeper team. They have more guys that can score consistently. They have more versatile players. They have they just they're they're a deeper team. They you know it's and and you know obviously Kawhi Leonard's coming off you know the playoff run of his life. You know the playoff one of the best playoff runs of all time from last year. He's playing really great this year. You got Paul. You got everything. It's like well. You know, the Lakers are good, but it's like, God, you know, they don't have all the guys that can stack up with them. But my gut says, like, but it's still LeBron James, and it's still Anthony Davis. And listen, they've taken care of their business. Yeah, they've got – they've let game ones go away. But I, after that, if, if, if they win tonight, it'll be like, all right, yeah, you got a game on us. And then they take care of their business. There haven't been any lapses, like, with the Clippers, like they had with the Mavericks or like they've had with the Nuggets. You know, the Lakers are like, all right, you know, like they take a punch, and then they – get right back and they don't let you get up again. And I, I mean, I feel like that's just in terms of the mindset, taking care of the business, you know, you should take care of. I feel like that's, it's, it's what a team like that should have. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a seven game series. I think it's going to be, it has potential to be a, maybe an all time great series just because of the players involved, the drama, the stakes, everything like that. 
But you know what? I'm going to go with my gut. And I'm going to say that that entering in entering what next year will be is what age 35, 36 season that LeBron James has enough in him for one last great run to the finals. I'm going to say the Lakers in seven. And I'm going to say that it's, and I think that the biggest thing is that LeBron's going to play well. Kawhi's going to play well. I also think that I think the biggest difference is that in my mind, I have more faith in Anthony Davis to be the reliable number two to LeBron than I have for Paul George to be the reliable number two to Kawhi, based on especially how Paul George has played at times this postseason. Anthony Davis has been pretty great overall. Paul George, he's had some bad games. And, you know, I mean, and, and so it's just it, – it puts that down my mind. Like, are you going to be able to be there when they need you to? Are you going to be able to make open sh- – you know, to take – you know, to make the shots you need to make in order for, in order for your team to win? So I'm going to say it's going to be incredibly close. It's going to be a seven-game series, but I'm going to take the Lakers by a hair. By a hair. And with that, to face the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. That is the matchup that I think will happen. Um. I think, one, I think it's super ironic that everybody's been calling for the Battle of L.A. and they're not playing any games in L.A. Um, I just think that's hilarious. But um, I also – part of me feels like this series is going to be a bit of a letdown because it's been hyped up so much. And if everybody doesn't play well, if one of the teams plays better than the other and it goes in six games, and if it's six games that are like – neither team or the teams that win the games win comfortably each time and then somebody wins in six I think that even though that could be a good series I think if it's not an all-time great series it's going to be almost a letdown based on how hyped this has been all season long good point now I do think that this is going to be a great series and I'm super excited for it with that what I just said that that could happen but I think this is going to be a great series I'm excited to watch it LeBron versus Kawhi. I'm still a little torn, like you said, Darren. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Clippers in this series. And I know I'll probably get heat from this for people about not picking LeBron and the Lakers. I think that the Lakers are gonna be good, but you mentioned the Clippers. They're deeper, and I don't know something about how this is going. I just think, I think the Clippers, I think Kawhi is going to be able to take over games down the stretch. And I think Paul George is going to hit some shots late in that series. And I think he's going to get over his little reputation that he's gained. And I think it'll be enough to put the Clippers in the playoffs. And I really want to say Miami, but I think I'm going to go Boston. So I'll go opposite of you, Darren. I'll go Boston and the Clippers. So that way at least one of us can be half right. I mean, it's it's like I, mean, I could see either one happy. I mean, exactly. all, four, all four of these teams, I feel like they're they're all so close, and it's just like it's so hard because again, there's no clear. It's like you can have your preferred favorite, but it's not like there's a clear favorite. It's it's so I could I could easily I could easily go along with you. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it does, but it's just like right. you know, so just I you know that's what my it's what my gut's telling me. So that's that's just one that's what I'm going with. Yeah, it's it could be literally any combination of these four teams. And I would not be surprised. And I would also still be really excited. Oh, yeah. Like, the it's finals, good. I think it's going to be great because yeah. any combination of these four teams matched up together is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. you've got the Clippers, yeah. you've got Jimmy versus Kawhi. You've got Tatum versus LeBron, potentially, in what could be a passing of the torch game yeah. type or series type thing. You've got Kawhi versus Boston and Tatum in a matchup of – some really good defensive players and some guys that can go get some buckets. And then you've got Miami versus LeBron in a clash and versus the Lakers in a clash of styles and LeBron facing off against his old team and his old coach. I mean, that could all of those <laughs> would be phenomenal series. It's great. Cause no, it's great. It's, it's great basketball all around. I mean, and that's a, and it's, it's, I feel like that's just a great thing. Like, I feel like we can be, and, you know, we may have our preferred favorites, but at the end of the day, I feel like just as fans, we can be sat, we can be satisfied with any outcome. So either way, I think any in any case, I think we're going to be getting great basketball. I think so too. I mean, you guys have said everything there is to say. Um, 
you know, the Lakers Clippers is probably going to have end up happening. And it's the most hype series, the most look forward to things since basically since last July, since Kawhi and Paul George became Clippers. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. As you guys said, either way, we're just, you know, we're spoiled with basketball right now. I mean, the, the bubble has worked to perfection. I mean, this, you know, even if this was the case outside of it, we'd still be excited, but the bubble has worked really well. We've been so fortunate to have basketball back in this crazy time. Um, LeBron versus Kawhi is going to be a lot of fun. And then AD and Paul George. And the difference with that is, you know, obviously those guys are going to get theirs. Who who else is it going to be? Um, is, you know, is it going to be Kuzma, Danny Green, KCP, Rondo on the on the Lakers and then on the Clippers? You know, Harold, Lou Williams, uh, Marcus Morris. Uh, I feel like Anthony Davis has an advantage. You know, I don't think there's anybody, you know, who can hold – AD on that team um and for that reason I feel like and LeBron and LeBron too um when he's locked in on defense still he is still good like most of the time you know he's just coasting on defense but if he wants to lock down he has been able to and I think he's going to do his best on Kawhi this series but I do think that this is two incredibly talented teams two great fun teams to watch that are going to face off and I'm going with Lakers and seven in this one and um also, with the Eastern Conference, I think it's also going to be uh, another uh, seven-game series. It's going to be so much fun. I mean, the thing is, you got you got Tatum on this side, and they can throw Bam. They can throw so many things at Jason Tatum. They can throw Jimmy at him. They can throw Bam at him. You know, Jay Crowder is a good defender. Iguodala is an experienced defender. And that series is going to be a lot of fun, too, uh, either way. And I, with that one, I have another seven-game series, but I'm going to go with the Celtics. And we have an alt, And we have another meeting of – legendary franchises we got the lakers and the celtics and if and and that's my prediction i truthfully truthfully do not know like i like in the past would say oh this team's going so you know i'm certain of it but with this one i have nothing i have no certainty with either team winning and that's so and i think that's so perfect for the sport of basketball right now and and with if a, if it is a Lakers and Celtics series, uh, that's just yeah, it's gonna be LeBron and Tatum, and and if and if Tatum ends up showing up, LeBron in this in that series, it would be an all time, it would be an all time, it would be like that's like you said, a passing of the torch, that'd be crazy. And then also, and then if LeBron wins it, you got hey, this guy's in year seventeen, and he's thirty five years old, and he just won his fourth ring. And either way, I feel like this is one of like the best chances for LeBron to win. Like this would probably be like his best earned ring I mean it would be insane and either way whatever series we get it's going to be a whole lot of fun so Bobby are you going uh Clippers heat to fill out the cycle here yeah that way one of us is right that's ex- that's exactly what I'm doing Zach <laughs> all right I like Perfect. I've been saying it all year I mean especially after the trade deadline when the Clippers picked up Reggie Jackson and was it Marcus Morris? Yeah. Uh, you know, they're identical. Oh, that's another thing. That's stuff. another thing. Is Mark yeah. Marcus on the Clippers and Markeith on the Lakers. Oh, yeah. oh I battle the brothers. Who needs to battle LA, man? You got battle the brothers. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been saying it all year. I've I've loved the Clippers, their depth. You know, another big thing when you get this deep in the playoffs is coaching. I'll take Doc Rivers over Frank Vogel every day of the week. Um but I do think, yeah, just because of the talent on the floor, you can't, you know, you can never count out LeBron. But I like the Clippers in seven. So I like Clippers in Miami. But like you guys have said, I mean, we've waited all year for the Battle of LA, and I am so excited to watch it. But also to Zach's point, I just hope because, you know, this series has been so hyped. It's been hyped since July, you know. So I just – I hope it's going to be hard to live up to those expectations, but if it even comes close, I mean, we are in for some awesome basketball. So with that, we've come to the end of our Google Doc, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so do we have uh, any final thoughts? We missed Josh with this one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm yeah. so sorry. My bad. <laughs> um. Wait. Oh, yeah. Yes. Josh, I hope you're having fun at work, brother. Um, we'll see. Well, he will be on the next pod. Also, I just had one more thing. Where was I looking? Just one thing I forgot to say about Denver. Just for the future, I mean, you look at their roster, 
Jokic is 24, Murray's 22, Porter's 21, Monte Morris 24, Jeremy Grant 25, Gary Harris 25. And of course, you know, my man Bull Bull only 20. So I think the Nuggets, even though they won't win this series, I think they're going to be in good hands for the next, you know, two, three years. And I'd watch out for them down the road. So this, that was a series where they really could have used a guy like Will Barton too. They, I feel like they yeah. really, they, I mean, that's, that's the presence that I feel like, especially on the wing that they really could have used in a series like this. So, I mean, he'll be back too. So they're, no, they're loaded. They are loaded for the long haul. So that, that they will be a team that's going to probably be in a spot like this probably very often uh, in the next several years. Mm-hmm. All right. So from all of us at Impact 89 FM, especially from, Bobby Zephro, Carter Landis, Darren Baydoon, and Zach Sardinick. We thank you so much for listening. And NFL starts tomorrow, so you know we'll be watching that as well. But, you, you know, tell your friends to listen, especially if they're too busy watching football. You know, get caught up on your NBA action. So thanks for listening, and we will see you all later.